I'm Andy. I'm Matt. I'm Sam. And this week we're going to be talking about the film uh, Planet of the Humans, which is streaming on YouTube. Um, a really interesting documentary. And I think also interesting that we're looking at YouTube as well, because it's completely free. Anyone, you don't have to have a subscription to watch this, which is quite interesting. Um, it is a feature documentary, which was released originally in 2019, but was uploaded to YouTube in 2020. Um, and the major selling point of this film is that it is produced by um, Michael Moore. So, you know, that, that in terms of documentary, you know, he's kind of the elite in terms of documentary makers. And when I say elite, I mean, uh, in terms of reputation, I'm not going to say in terms of documentary making. We can come on to that later on. So, gents, what did you make of this? First impressions? I think I, I definitely went in with an expectation knowing that how it was connected with Michael Moore, having watched Bowling for Columbine and Fahrenheit 9-11 and things like that in the past. Um, and so I guess when I, when it, very early on I saw that it was not him front and centre, I thought, oh, this is going to be very different to probably what I was expecting to see. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, first, in, first impressions, I guess I... I in the in the first few minutes, I started to feel very much like this is this is sort of on a we're on a we're on a downwards trajectory in terms of the the content. It's not um it's not a um an uplifting upbeat uh, message certainly when it kicks off and as it goes further through. I don't know what you guys thought when you were sort of approaching it and getting into it. Exactly the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I I've um I've known about it for a little while and I've been uh, looking forward to watching it um initially the, the way the film started i thought um hang on a minute i thought i thought michael moore was the producer not the director uh because instantly there were very um very similar techniques that he he uses throughout his films you know the the old footage um and some of the, the fade to blacks which i'm sure we'll get onto techniques uh later on but there was some some of his signature styles in there which which do grind on me a little bit but um, as far as the content was concerned, I, w I wasn't surprised by what, what we were being given there um, in terms of it was what I was expecting. Did either of you read around the subject before you saw the documentary? Not before, no. Okay. So I, I, um, I actually did a few um, environmental science um, modules through the Open University about five years ago. Right. Um, and... Uh, I was quite a environmental activist for a little while, I guess. Okay. Um, That's so I was very, very familiar with the topics in this film. That's great. Well, it's nice to have that insight, I suppose, because actually I didn't have that background. And so I saw the film and then read around it. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm always, I, I don't take things at face value very often. You know, I, I'm I'm very cynical. I always think there's a reason behind it. You know, what is the what's the purpose that somebody's saying this? There, there's always a, a cause and, a, and an effect of that. And so, what are those things? Trying trying to work them out. Um, and with this documentary, I'd, I'd heard rumours beforehand online that it wasn't particularly uh, accurate in what it was reporting and and how it was reporting those things. And so, I went in there, I think, a little bit jaded straight away as to as to how it was going to turn out um but after doing the reading afterwards i was i was pretty shocked by by some of the stuff i'd read 
Yeah, I think I um I found that probably when I was first getting into it, I was I don't know. I'd probably almost say the kind of the wall was pulled over my eyes a little bit when I looked when I looked afterwards and saw some of the critiques and thought actually yeah to be fair it was kind of like right in front of me like some of the footage and things and we'll probably go into that a bit later but some of the the main critiques I probably they got under the radar with me a little bit and it wasn't till afterwards that I thought actually yeah I I probably didn't go in with as a discerning mind as I should do and I think I certainly I've probably looked back and think maybe I need to re-watch some of Michael Moore's documentaries because I think I probably watched them as a fairly impressionable teenager mm-hmm. where if someone gives you something that's kind of counter um, to popular culture and, 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 and these sort of conspiracy theory type things, you're probably very likely to, to get into it and, and, um, and be impressed by some of the, the stunts. Because yeah. I think that's the thing as well, that's, is that without, yeah, I think so, some of it are stunts. I, I like that, the, the stunts. I think that's a, a good term. And I think that is that kind of sums up Michael Moore's documentary style, is stunts. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's, it's the perfect word for it. I used to teach a module to um, sick form about Michael Moore in, in terms of um, narrative within uh, documentaries. And I think that he's got a really interesting style because he takes you on a journey through his documentary. But it's almost as if the main purpose of that journey is to entertain you. It's not to fulfill you. It's not to give you some form of um, surveillance of the world. It is to entertain you, Um, which leaves huge gaps within the factual elements of it. And we can see that in Bowling for Columbine. You can see it in... uh, Fahrenheit 9-11. You, I'm trying to think the other one that I saw not that long ago. Is uh, it capitalism? Yes, well done. Right, yeah. so that is, is full of real mm. inaccuracies the whole way through. But they're presenting those things to you as if it is a fact. And I really, I guess because I've got that kind of frame of mind beforehand, when I was watching this, I was very aware of that. So when they were telling me, you know, this is whatever the biggest solar farm in the world and blah 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 i was already going mm, is that true i don't know mm. so I was questioning it. there's someone else who does it very well but he, he 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 does a similar kind of thing um but he, he there is a an element of class washed over it and, and that's adam curtis you know he makes some fantastic documentaries and, and there is a very strong narrative throughout and it ends um I mean, I, I'm not sure if you can say it's entertaining, uh, his, his, his documentaries, but they, they do follow that same kind of path of narrative and leaving big gaps out of, of, of the facts. Yeah. Um, Michael Moore has a bit of a, uh, there's a bit of a, um, a plastic feel over the top. Oh, that's a terrible thing to, to say, but um, yeah, it, it wasn't good in this film. I thought it was particularly prevalent in this movie. Have either of you ever seen the documentary Blackfish in 2013 um, about SeaWorld? Yes. So this documentary I think is really interesting because um, when I watched the documentary, bearing in mind, I'm so, like I said, I'm really cynical. I don't take things at face value. I was a complete sucker when I watched that documentary. And I came away from it absolutely furious with the way these animals are being treated. And then on reflection, I thought about the 
accuracy of the documentary and about this, that and the other. And actually SeaWorld, who are the kind of the bad guys, if you want to call them that within the film, they, uh, they don't get their chance to share their point of view. I and mean, even when they do share mm. bits from SeaWorld, it's very, very carefully manipulated. And I felt like there were times when we were being given facts and figures that were being carefully cherry-picked out of, um, you know, bigger documents and being presented with that data rather than the data within its own context. Mm. I think we, were, we might have been discussing on the, the last round table we did, you, you recommended um, the Filthy Rich, the Jeffrey Epstein mm. documentary. And that, and what uh, after watching that, I thought that was the everyone was given their chance to, for a rebuttal, and every, literally every episode had a statement from the people that obviously didn't want to actually be interviewed. I think it was only, I want to say it was the uh, the one of the lawyers, uh, Leibowitz, I might be getting the name completely wrong, who actually went on and sort of said his case yeah. um, and made his claims. But yeah, they. Um, uh, they they all got their chance, which is very different. But like you say, I guess the challenge the challenge is that you, if you watch a, a documentary, you the the assumption or what probably potentially the documentary makers want you to assume is that this is just this is just an observation of facts. Yeah. Um, and as you point out, it's not. There's always a narrative, and there's always a bias. There's always a story that they are aiming to be told. Um, and and the question is whether you are willing to show the parts that don't add up to your story as well um or okay. yeah should we talk about jeff gibbs our storyteller in this sense mm. what do we make of him um i i thought his his journey from um uh, an uh, environmental activist to a, a very cynical uh person was was actually quite refreshing to see um, and I think it was it was quite um, there was a natural progression there. I, I I actually went through some of the 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 thought processes he he was going through when I was doing my environmental science um, um, modules and and I've, um, but as a filmmaker, no, right. <laughs> there was some really really big problems with it with it, with his filmmaking. I thought. Um, that's really interesting that so i think that you've studied this and so you have got that insight and you say you've been on a similar journey so yeah would you say that was um because for me as someone who's not been on that journey necessarily um i felt it was put on to a degree i felt it didn't feel real um it felt like part of the kind of the fictional narrative that was being mm -hmm. planted in with the facts but clearly that's not the case if you that's just how i felt about it but if you have been on that journey yeah i became very disillusioned with with green energy when when when, when i started looking at you know things that go into the manufacturing process um you know we we had to we had to um work out a carbon put footprint of a factory um, right. part of an assignment and it wasn't just the, the raw materials going into the factory it was people traveling to the factory they're the canteen uh, cooking the food for the workers the the electricity to keep the lights on in the building and when you add all them things up it, it it's a bit of a mess and and yeah. balancing out between it being better than burning coal and natural gas 
it, it starts to sway a little bit. Right. And one of the things that interested me. The I, go on. Sorry, Sam. Go for it. I was just going to say, just as a as a as a narrator, um, I did find him a, a bit dull. His delivery is just mm. kind of a bit kind of, and he's kind of like. Uh, poor man's michael moore when he's doing his kind of interviews and stuff it was like yeah oh you're not really as good as that you can't really do his thing can you um and that kind of played into just the overall kind of doom and gloom of it of having this kind of rather glum sort of monotonous kind of person kind of telling this story for you absolutely basic things were really missed like um when 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 it was some of the questions were being asked to people. It was very clearly overdubbed, but the sound was completely different from the person responding, and it just felt sloppy in that regard. Right. Um, it, it really griped to me. I couldn't Didn't stand it. Didn't have that. the glamour of a Michael Moore documentary, did it? No. No. Um, you know, one of the things that I've, I don't like Michael Moore documentaries necessarily, I will always watch them because I think they're quite interesting to watch as entertainment um but i really like the infographics and they're really nice graphics he uses and he tends to use them in all of the documentaries but they are really nice didn't think there was enough of that within this it it that could have broken up what was at times quite a boring narrative mm -hmm. um so one of the things i found interesting was that um a solar panel so Matt, you, you'll be able to help me out here. A solar panel takes two years of producing energy in order to balance out its carbon footprint of being made. That's what they said in the documentary. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's all dependent on where it is as well. Of course, right. Yeah. And that for me was quite a shocking thing to hear. Um, and especially when they were talking about the wind turbines and how inefficient they were as well and how much went into them. And it's all stuff I guess you, and maybe you do, but I didn't really ever think about. When someone says to you on solar panels, I go, wicked, that's a great idea. It's environmentally friendly. It's green. It's free energy. But it's not. And that's really interesting. And even, you know, you can read around this left, right and centre. Nobody has said that's not true. Nobody has said these products are green you know you can have a solar panel and not worry about mining these minerals from the ground and all this that and the other. so no one said that about this but i, I thought that for me i thought was very very interesting i i think he it's good that he raises the point and like you say yeah it's, it, it will raise awareness and i think that's probably the 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 positive that you can bring from this is it is raising awareness of things that mm -hmm. people wouldn't have considered but looking at some of the critiques that people have brought, it's been more about kind of like the journalism of it, that, that actually, that I think one of the key, one of the key quotes in it is that the solar panels are 8% efficient. Um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and actually the footage was from 10 years ago or something like that. So actually now they're about 15, 20. Um, yeah. and, and so therefore the actual amount of space that you would need, it was talking about the, you know, talk about it in square miles and it would actually be a massively reduced space and then again the way it's presented when it's talking about a field of this size and doesn't take into account that solar panels don't typically go on a field they mm -hmm. go on people's roofs which are wasted space so they're, they're, those were some of the critiques that i found that that it it doesn't sound as good to say uh 15 to 20 percent 
as it does to say only eight percent effective or yeah. uh, you know I'm, I'm probably butchering the science there but that that i think that's and and i think there's been some other things as well some other critiques of um most uh, mostly aimed at how much of information is outdated and so for example i think bill mckibben is brought up as the the sort of the the main antagonist or someone that's you know part of these kind of big corporate green lobbies and all, all these things and, and apparently he's changed his stance on i think it was particularly on bio mm. biomass um mm. and and that wasn't really addressed until literally before, at the very end of the movie um so yeah i kind of i feel like those critiques are probably quite well founded oh for sure, for sure. Um, there were plenty of times throughout the film where i was thinking there really should be a date stamp here because I know, for example, when they're talking to uh, G Motors and they're going through the electric car, you know, mm. as for someone who doesn't know cars, you know, that, 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 that could be seen as quite a recent bit of information, but no, that was old. And, and um, we were talking to a guy about biomass actually. And um, the, the only way to date the footage was looking at his computer screen, which had a, an XP. <laughs> Windows XP <laughs> and it was a square monitor. I thought, well, this bit's ancient. Um, so obviously, I think that was a choice of the director. You know, he chose mm. to, to muddle up the timeline mm -hmm. so much that it was it was difficult to to date certain parts. I think it was a, yeah. a choice. That goes back though to the um, the reliability of this journalism, though, doesn't it? If if mm. he purposely going out of his way to muddle that to include it it doesn't say a lot we're not gonna have a lot of trust in him mm. in future in future documentaries when he starts telling us there's men on mars we're gonna go but is there because you're telling mm. x y and z and so i i, I don't know I, I think one of the one of the ones i found most shocking and i i found this on um I think it was a YouTube video where um, a couple of guys who are uh, part of, or, or they are activists for kind of uh, uh, green energy and things like that, um, and 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 they admit that you know there are there are challenges, but they they were aiming to talk about kind of the inaccuracies, and they pointed out I think the opening one of the opening scenes is where they go to that a solar festival. And, and it's and then it's oh we're at the solar festival but they all oh, know they have to use power from the grid because it's raining oh and and they actually did their they did their homework on it and worked out that that was shot in 1995. No, actually that that particular that particular festival has on their website um, like a review or rundown of every and there were only two in the last 25 years where it rained and the 1995 one was the only one that could have lined up based on their research. So he'd been sitting on that footage for a good 25 odd years because it said what he wanted it to say. Um, That's yeah. bonkers. To be fair though, I mean, that, that, he, does, he does explain that that was one of his, one of the things that kick-started him to, to, to actually question green energy. Um, but I, but I, at watching that, I did not, I wouldn't, you know, I might have thought it might be a couple of years old, but I would never have considered it was 1995. I was nine in 1995. <laughs> you didn't even know what recycling was back then. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it's, um, that, that, and, and interesting, I, I found, um, I found as well, when I was just having a look around for, for bits and pieces on this, um, that there is a Planet of the Humans podcast on uh, iTunes, I mean, it has one episode, 
Um, and it is essentially just a, I've started listening and then I got bored because all it was was Jeff Gibbs basically oh. going on a conspiracy theory rant because his film had been taken down from YouTube. Um, mm. And it wasn't, it was to my, ah, well, you see what this is, this is just proving that, you know, the big corporates don't like my message and, and they'll shut you down too when you say something, you know, and he starts saying, oh, and we'll regret because then all the printing presses will be gone and we'll have nothing because all, and I was like, what are you on about? So your, your film got taken down because of a copyright issue. Like, yeah. <laughs> so that, the fact it's on YouTube is really interesting. I keep saying really interesting, don't I? It's not really interesting. It's a little <laughs> bit interesting. It's moderately interesting. Um, because, you know, this Michael Moore produced this. Why isn't this on Netflix? Why isn't it on Amazon Prime? Why isn't it on some form of other media? Why is it on YouTube where anyone can upload, including us, can upload a video of anything? Mm. There's two, two options, isn't there? Either, either they didn't want it, Mm-hmm. Or, or they purposely chose YouTube as a, as you know, well, we're the renegades. We put out a message that the big boys won't touch. You know, and I probably mm. think it's the latter. See, I disagree. I think it's the the former. I think that you Netflix, Amazon Prime, they read what happened when it was released at the uh, festivals, and people were outraged when they did just the tiniest amount of research around this topic. And they went, we're not touching it. We want nothing to do with that. So, and the interesting thing as well is it's not the, the critiques from, from what I've seen from the scientific community have not been sort of like, oh, watch it, but bear in mind this. They've been saying, don't watch it, mm-hmm. which I think that is, that's interesting. Um, and it almost plays the other way because then people will be thinking, I'm going to watch that then. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll probably be sorely disappointed because it's probably not as, um, I don't know, uh, probably not as controversial as maybe uh, maybe they'd hope. But that said, I think, again, one of the critiques is that, and this is probably where I'd see probably the major flaw for me because it ties into the sort of the negativity of it, is that um, he kind of leaves a vacuum where there should be a discussion about an answer right. or a way forward or... Or what, and and then that that then that plays into climate change denial, um, which I think is the concern that people will think, oh, well, they'll watch it and then they'll say, well, there's no point. So you know, and, and fair enough, maybe. And also, uh, I think even people have said that because there is discussion about population um, and overpopulation, that it will play into uh, eco-fascism and the population control um, and discussions about that and. And uh, I don't know, I, I kind of think it's, it's hard to just sort of say, well, people are going to think that if they watch it. It, it. It's almost, I don't know, maybe the, the fact that we're discussing these things and that we've all done some of our own research or like, Matt, you've already been looking into that. Maybe that is a positive. And I think going out there and just saying, don't watch this, it's dangerous. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think maybe to your point earlier on, uh, Andy, I think you might have mentioned, you know, if you, maybe if you're watching this more casually, if you're more of a, if you're if the documentaries you typically consume, and this is built without being kind of um, condescending or whatever, if you typically go to a Michael Moore documentary and take it as verbatim, then yeah. maybe it could be quite dangerous to to get into something like this and then go off and find something that's about I don't know climate change denial or whatever. I'm yeah. not sure. I think you're absolutely right. I, you know the. There are, there are people 
who will take this at face value. But I think there's enough people out there who've got half a brain who would question some of the stuff. In fact, I'll be honest with you, I think half a pe- most of the people with half a brain would barely make it to the end of the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> it was only because of the podcast that I continued, to be honest. I, mean, I had enough. Isn't it? Did you? 30 minutes too long, I reckon. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There was some, and there were some bits that really, I, I don't know, there were some bits that I, certainly if you're talking about sort of set pieces, there were some things that I thought were quite, you know, good, quite impactful. Like, I, I can't remember the, gen, the gentleman's name, but he goes with, with um, the guy to the field of kind of abandoned solar panels. And say what you want, but that was, that was, quite, um, that was quite impactful. Yeah. But then there were some other bits that just were really kind of like jarring and just odd. I, I think I was just watching it. Maybe I just tuned out a little bit. And then the next second, I was watching a cow being thrown into a shredder. And I was like, what, what was that? Yeah, that, was... <laughs> that, was, that looked painful. <laughs> that was horrendous, wasn't it? Mm. I... But then I didn't know. Maybe, maybe they knew. Maybe like, people are going to tune out. We need to throw the cow in the shredder. This, yeah. is, this is the point for the cow in the shredder. <laughs> I was exactly I I was sitting, when I was watching that, I was sitting exactly where I'm sitting right now watching it. And I must have been looking at my phone or something like that. And I looked up and I was like, what is that? <laughs> it was really shocking. Yeah, and I, I don't really. It, it did strike me as as kind of one of those things where it, was it needed? Was it necessary? Probably not. Um, mm-hmm. it, it may have not even been connected to to what they were really talking about. I don't know. Yeah. Um, there was uh, one section of the film I did did really enjoy, um, and I from from seeing. The whole film, I, I would say he probably got someone else to edit this bit for him, it was, or it was a stock bit of footage, um, was when they were talking about um, how solar panels were made. And we had a kind of a montage of the factories, very similar to kind of a Koyaanisqatsi, kind of, um, you know, very fast um, yeah. moving images. And I thought that was, that really got across the the, the message that this is quite a... a uh, an intensive production line here. Yeah. So I, I know before this, I, I knew very little. I, a friend who works in engineering who likes to tell me all the time that green energy is not what it's all cracked up to be. Um, and, you know, these, these new electric cars are, they need electricity to run. And so they're not that environmentally friendly, blah, blah, blah. So that, that's the limit of it. But that I, I did find really interesting um and i kind of i wanted more of that sort of thing mm. in there so when they were talking about biofuels and they were explaining how biofuels worked in that big factory i wanted more on that i wanted to know more about that kind of that impact that using biofuels had because yeah. it was like biofuels bad biofuels are bad but bio, bio, i can't even say it biofuels are bad and he kept going like this at you i was like right, tell me more give me more information i want it and I think, as, as Sam alluded to earlier, the kind of the the scientific community has, has they've kind of agreed that that biofuels are bad, yeah. and 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 that whole section of the film was very outdated, and and they lingered on it for far too long. Um, I can see what it was trying to do to to show a narrative of how things have have gone, but that was destroyed when I saw footage from from different eras chopped and changed mm. around so so for that that illusion was gone for me so you know chop that bio biofuel we know it's bad 
And, do you, and part of the chat, and this is something that I picked up from maybe a couple of the podcasts that I just looked at who were, were considering this in some of the articles, that it, there is an element of sort of throwing the baby out with the bathwater that, yes, some of these processes are inefficient or not, as they're not a, a like-for-like swap. We're not getting kind of a suddenly a perfectly clean um, alternative, but that there does have to be an evolution um, mm -hmm. and that it will start off with things not being uh, particularly... Um, effective but actually if there is investment then hopefully we will get to a point where we are able to be have, have more sustainable approaches um, maybe they won't ever be perfect but that doesn't necessarily make a, a good a good judgment for sort of saying well let's just scrap the whole thing and maybe that's not his message but certainly that's what I guess people are worried about is that the message that people will hear is um, solar panels don't work right or, or biomass doesn't work which i think that a lot of people are saying yeah it doesn't in the form that it is or in the approach that's been taken um and so leading on to that that it's kind of touched on but uh, again another thing i'd i'd seen in, as a critique and i kind of agree with this is that they don't go so much into consumption as a problem which I think would be again more interesting to talk about about actually as Western societies how much we consume um, mm. and um, and the issues that need to be dealt with there. So yeah. I don't know if that cropped up for you guys. It, not until you said it, but that's a real, that's a fact. That would for me, that's a much more fascinating documentary. I want yeah again, I want that information. That to me is far more interesting. I think I think that's perhaps you know what you were talking about earlier of saying you know there was there was no no conclusion nothing, nothing uh, to, to fill that vacuum you know what's the alternative then um and it you know it did talk about our 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 energy production is far higher than we than than really we should be using now um the one way of doing it which they did mention in the film was population kind of got too much pop of a population but um i took away from that that the the, the kind of call to action was to uh, reduce consumption. Um, I don't know if that was just my my biases forming my own conclusion, mm. there, but that, that's what I felt like the ending was about. And I did I did see a, a defence of of the film, sort of saying that you know that what what this guy is trying to say, you know what what um, what he's saying is you know rather than saying you've got two rather than saying there are two views one view is here's my my lawn in my garden and i'm going to mow it with a petrol mower and i don't care or here's my lawn in my garden and i'm going to use some kind of solar powered mower that maybe has some issues because of how it was constructed and saying oh there's two issues there and we don't neither are right it's the same that there is a third option which is maybe i plant some vegetables in in part of my garden and i don't use the whole thing for just um a piece of lawn that i look at and enjoy but actually i make it work and then i can use that and, mm. and and i think that's probably you know i don't think that was put enough strongly put across in a strong enough way but that message would make sense to me um i can't see myself getting out in the garden anytime soon to do that but um i can see that there would be that would be kind of a logical thing to to be talking about and maybe asking some hard questions because that's the real challenge is that actually it's very easy to go oh well the problem is that these people who make the solar panels don't make them efficiently enough and the scientists need to work it out um instead of saying how much packaging do i use and how much 
food waste do I have? Those are actually difficult questions for me to answer that involve me changing the mm -hmm. way I live my life. So, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah I mean, you. Go on, sorry. Okay. Well, I was just going to say we, we could, you know, us three sat on three computers all, all pulling power from the grid. We live within walking distance of each other. We we could we could set up a microphone and talk, you know, and they're they're the simple yeah. the beginnings of simple solutions. I, I I was reading a thing the other day about Amazon and next day delivery and the effect that that's had on and not just Amazon but you know any kind of next day delivery and the effect that that's had on us at that convenience and the impact that's had on the environment in terms of now there are. X amount more vans on the road than there were five years ago simply because of that. Um, and they're also talking about the packaging because there are, you know, instances daily when people are receiving, you know, something this big in a package this big. And it's, you know, those sorts of things. And so I'm not blaming anybody other than the culture, that kind of consumption culture that we have. But I think you're absolutely right. We do need to think about those things more what are we using are we being responsible citizens of the planet but i don't that was not what i took away from the film mm. yeah on that so, i just um it popped into my head to remind me of um, a really novel uh, solution to doing uh, kind of with d delivering uh, medicines in i think it was um in an african country where they basically had a giant cannon that would fire a drone into the air. It would glide for a certain amount of time, then it would start flying, and then it would basically airdrop medicines um, when it reached its target. Um, now that's probably not gonna work in our country, but- Can I think, have that job? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. People, people make solutions to these kind of problems um, uh, every day, yeah. Of course, and I just, you know, what, when I order something online, do I really need it to tomorrow? And yeah, it's though that mm -hmm. question. But actually, you know, had Matt been sitting next to me whilst we were watching that film, we could have had that discussion because Matt is clearly intelligent enough to have taken that away from the documentary. Whereas I was mm -hmm. just like, this is nonsense. But I wasn't coming up with any solutions. I wasn't coming up with any kind of bigger problems. I was just going, this is math, you know? So actually, maybe watch it with someone and have that discussion mm. as you're watching it. There's plenty of opportunities to talk over it as you're watching it. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it does raise an interesting challenge as well, because if you take like the current situation we're in with uh, COVID-19, there's a, we, we ha we've had in a big way to get past like the individualistic nature of our society, how everything is often focused on me. And the, the whole thing is actually, I am not protecting myself when I do a lot of these things. I'm protecting everyone around me right. um, by follow, following the, the guidance and, and taking those things into account. Now, even that is a challenge, as you can see across. You can, it doesn't take much to look on social media or look on the news to see that even that is a challenge when you're talking about other people's lives. Mm -hmm. So then if you think you then take that into the planet, um it's where we're even a few more steps removed from being able to see the, the impact of of yeah. what i do and how that affects the, the natural world um so you know we're in the middle of this covid19 uh pandemic at the moment and we've been told today 
that wearing masks in shops is going to be um, compulsory. Now, where do you guys stand on wearing masks in shops? Are you okay with it? Do you think it's ridiculous? What do you think? I'm happy to wear a mask. Yeah. Cool, good. I'm glad we're on the same page. Um, I was shocked today to see, and it's a, I'm leading on from this whole idea of this individualism versus uh, kind of the, you know, we are, a, you say what you want, we are a tribe on a planet of other tribes and trying to, we should be trying to protect our own tribe and we're not. And there was an MP stood up in the House of Commons today and said, after all of this being locked down, you're now expecting me to wear a mask in a shop, that's disgraceful. You're like, mate you're old you need to wear a mask because you go into a shop and someone coughs on you it's game over and i know that the masks work the other way around they you know it stops yeah. you infecting somebody else but it's the principle of it mm. and i just mm. i don't understand this where this selfishness has derived from right we're asking you to wear a mask because thousands of people have died i don't want mm. to well stay indoors then it's as simple as that yeah yeah I, I, I did see something funny the other day, which was a critique of, um, it was like a, a kind of a tongue in cheek critique of the um, the video game, The Last of Us, because the new one had come out. And they said something like, I think the thing that is most unrealistic about this game is that if there was an airborne disease, that people would wear masks to stop themselves being infected. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought, yeah, that's, true. that's quite, um, it's quite telling. But yeah, I, I, I agree. I think um, the, is, it's it is i don't know for me personally yeah i so i i um i did my bit for the environment and went down to the uh, the local tip today to recycle some stuff um of course more matt's going to say to me now is you don't know what happens with that stuff after you've chucked it in the <laughs> container and probably didn't actually go anywhere anything with it so but i wore i wore a mask um because i was in a car with a family member and you know we're fairly close we're probably still within guidelines but we both thought let's just wear masks just to be on the safe side right. um yes it caused me a slight bit of discomfort my glasses slightly steamed up while we've been on the call my wife has sent me an article about how to stop your glasses steaming up when you're wearing a mask but i kind of figured that there are two choices either i can't breathe a little bit now and then i take my mask off or I don't wear a mask and someone can't breathe at all. And that's the way I kind of look at it. And um, I know we've kind of strayed off, but it, it, I guess it does all tie into this conversation of maybe what Jeff Gibbs is trying to get at. Yeah. It's that same principle. It's about having a responsibility to other people, you know, being, uh, being able to answer to other people on the planet. And when they say, are you doing your bit? You go, well, yeah, I am. And, whether that's biofuel, whether that's solar panels, whatever it is, you know, if if this documentary, I think Matt, you said this already. If this if this documentary starts that conversation and starts that journey for somebody, then it's done a good thing already. Yeah, I mean, it it, it touched on on this in the film. I, I, I'm trying. I think I might be getting confused with another documentary now, but um, um. There's a term in environmental science called NIMBY, um, and uh, not in my backyard, you know. And, and when when solar panels were first put up, yeah, and, I, I came across. You know, don't put it up near me. Yeah, we, uh, wind turbines are great, fantastic, but I don't want to see them. Right. Keep, keep them out of my way. And it was a big problem for for companies who wanted to set up wind turbines down in 
down Devon Cornwall because I don't know if you've been down there, but the mm. skyline's full of them. It's fantastic. And so or if you're Donald Trump and you've got a golf course in Scotland, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's, it, there is a there is a certain element of of um, we need we need to get over this this selfishness mm. in order to 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 push environmental um, impacts of ourselves down. Mm. And I think that's probably the, the probably the biggest challenge of this is that that for the for us we've had kind of this discussion and debate and done some research and probably come up with some some conclusions that are probably aligned to the sort of thing that that Jeff Gibbs was intending, but it's it's a shame that through maybe just some poorly kind of poorly put together evidence, some poor journalism. Uh, that actually a lot of this can it quite undercut. Did you guys look into much about why the the reason behind why it was taken off YouTube and the supposed conspiracy around that? Or it was so he had a it was something like there was four seconds of the film that were owned by another journalist or something. I don't know what those four seconds were, or even if it was four seconds, but it was something like that. It was only a few seconds and someone had recognized their own footage within it and put in a copyright claim to YouTube. YouTube took it down as they always do. And then I don't know if they came to an agreement maybe or whatever, but then the film was put back up. Mm. It's not yeah. a conspiracy. Yeah. Cause I think that's, that Jeff Gibbs is kind of put across that yeah that this there is this conspiracy and that you know that the person who who they you know they wanted it taken down but then I think they they've said the reason I don't want my footage used is because I don't agree with the message of the film mm -hmm. so I I don't know whether you'd call that a grand conspiracy for sort of these big corporates but it it almost does add to the um it adds to the controversy around it the, the mm -hmm. film that was taken off YouTube um, yeah. yeah which and for some people that's a draw you know yeah. the, the, the fact that it's on YouTube and it's already it's been banned once and it's back up again you know that that's a that's a draw for some people absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> I just wish that we were having a slightly different conversation after we'd watched this I really wanted this to be something where we come away and we go that documentary was amazing. Did you see about biofuels and how they're not that efficient? That's really interesting, isn't it? But have you seen how they're developing that technology instead? That mm. for me would have been a much better documentary. Um, yeah. But then saying, I, I, I think, again, I, I do feel it was a bit kind of, you know, quite doom and gloom, but then maybe, maybe there is an element of, uh, you can talk, we can talk about the evidence and some of the evidence that was maybe not well presented or, or you know, could have, could have been better or could have been presented a bit more, I don't know, genuinely, honestly. That said, um, I think most of us can probably look outside and say, yes, I see examples of the world being in decline um, I think it's not um, it's not a stretch to say that and I, I don't want to say that in kind of a completely generalized because I guess you could look at it a lot of well look at what we're going through at the moment mm -hmm. but I guess maybe there is kind of a, there is almost that bit of wake-up call to say and I think it's a good question to ask like so how long do we have left um, because we don't want to think about that 
um, actually how long do we have, how, how, how far will our resources get us? Um, that's because that's really difficult to, mm -hmm. to answer or to comprehend what it looks like. Um, which, I, yeah. thought, I thought we were in for a, for a, uh, a lengthy part in the documentary about, you know, um, uh, peak oil and, and peak certain minerals because you know that that is that is a problem which which we as a civilization do face um we don't know when um because we haven't found all the oil yet but when we when we have um there are big problems ahead of us you know electric cars is all right to get us to a certain place but how much oil do you need to make a car a hell of a lot you know right. <laughs> so, um Help me out here, Matt, in terms of my, because the whole way through this documentary, in the back of my head, I'm, do you know what? I could probably Google the answer. I just haven't. Um, why don't we use nuclear energy? Uh, we, we do. We use what a lot of do? nuclear. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. And so why don't we use more nuclear energy? Uh, because, um, so a lot of this is down to environmentalists thinking that it's it's a it's a bad form of energy right um, okay. um because of the disasters we've had in the past you know right once a power plant becomes volatile it's extremely dangerous um, right and you know over in fukushima i hope i'm saying that right uh that sea has been destroyed where <laughs> where where it flooded and and it all leaked into the sea um so there, there are massive problems with nuclear energy but there are it has been slowed down by um, environmental lobbies. Mm. So, because nuclear energy is this, is this, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, so I don't know much about it at all, um, but it's this situation where you've just got something, this kind of this core that just produces energy for a really, really, really long time. The, in my head, the, the only downsides are that they can't, they're very volatile, so that there's potential for them to explode and be dangerous, and that there's, the waste can't be um, recycled or gotten rid of. We can't do anything with that waste. But actually, the waste they produce is very minimal. Mm -hmm. Am I correct in in those things? I'm no expert, but it's it's cleaner than than burning coal or natural right. gas, biofuel. You know, if I was the prime minister, I'd I'd open up uh, nuclear power stations left, right, and centre. I'm sure. I'm sure we probably have some some uh, what's the word? Some educated people explain to us what the. I, I imagine again, maybe one of the challenges is how much it takes to create a site. Because am I thinking is it Hinkley Point or something like that? That they, have they even is that even built yet? Again, I'd, I'd have to look into it to see whether it's one of those things that's just fallen out of the news cycle that for a while it was like, oh goodness, we're spending hundreds of, you know, mm. millions of, of, uh, of pounds on, on building this and when's it actually going to get finished and, and that there will, you know, connections with um, uh, other governments or different or corporations from, from different countries and things. And I am, um, it's interesting you mentioned nuclear because I think it's, it's, it, it's interesting comparing say this to something like the um the fictionalized uh chernobyl um uh series um which i would almost say probably did a better obviously it was giving us history but it was also giving us a lesson in in how nuclear power works and things like that and, and mm -hmm. what what happened mm -hmm. there 
And I'd almost be inclined to say watching something like that, if you were particularly wanting to find out about nuclear power, um, might be a, a good starting point and a good kind of uh, understanding as well. It's on, it's on my watch list on Now TV. I just haven't got around to watching it. But everyone's asking. I've heard it is, that. yeah, it is. It's, it's, um, again, I know we're not reviewing it for this one, but yeah, it is, um, shocking. It feels like you're watching a science fiction, um, and, uh, uh, and you're watching what happened the year I was born. Yeah. Um, yeah. it just, yeah. Um, I, I would certainly say if you, um, if you put the first episode on, you'll be one, you'll be steaming through it very quickly. Right. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. It was, that was, 86 86 yeah. yeah yeah interesting anyway we have strayed somewhat um, <laughs> back to the movie um yeah <laughs> i it's always nice to hear some good music and there, there, there was some good music in this film we had some radiohead um some king crimson i like i said mm. earlier i left my um notebook at work but i did note down all, all, a load of tracks mm. that were in it um and there was some good music choices I, might I did catch Radiohead. Yeah, I might go as far as to say the soundtrack was the best part of it, actually. There was a couple of times <laughs> when I was, you know, I, I wasn't even focusing on what was happening. I was just kind of bopping away to the music in the background. So, uh, yeah, that was a really good choice of, of music there. Um, and I'd, I'd like to discuss um, the actual platform of, of YouTube as well. Um, so when I uh, loaded this up on my PlayStation, uh, on the YouTube app, I couldn't get a great resolution. I don't know whether what you guys felt. I I thought it was a bit blocky. Um, the blacks weren't very black, and it felt like I was watching a YouTube video, not a movie. I watched it on my Mac, and so I didn't really notice that. Other than it felt for me like the whole film was very old. Um, mm. It didn't. I think I think I probably did notice it, but didn't think much of it. Um... I watched it on my phone, and so I <laughs> probably didn't uh, help to uh, make it. But I, I would I I'd agree it did have. But then I don't know. Maybe the cynic in me says, "Well, they wanted to use all that old footage to, as evidence. So maybe if we just kind of uh, degrade some of the current footage and then give it all a bit of a um, an older look, and then we'll kind of get away with it a bit more." Is that the first thing you've watched um, on your PlayStation? No, I do a lot of music videos and, and oh. concerts and things, but it's the first um, the first movie I've watched. And I know it's a documentary, but it's the first, you know. So we watch quite a lot on YouTube and actually through the PlayStation, and we've been very impressed with the quality of the, okay. of the footage. Yeah. Might have had an odd, odd, uh, odd internet night. So maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, or maybe, maybe it genuinely is a, a, and it'd be interesting to if if other people have made that critique of it as actually that the the quality of the production or whatever they've done with it isn't actually up to standard. You never know; it might add up to why it was a a YouTube. Mm. Um, YouTube was the platform um, potentially. Um, it may well have just been a quirk of what was going on with the internet connection or something like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the production I thought was was terrible of the film. You know, it, the, the the opening credits, the font was mm -hmm. like a stock Microsoft <laughs> Word font. It was it was awful. Comic Sans. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
instantly that, that got me a little bit concerned. Um, um, just going back to YouTube for a minute, I'm just thinking well, when we talk about it then, one of the reasons it might have been put on YouTube is because on YouTube that you have comments underneath and so you are able to have a discussion with other people as you're watching it. Mm. So maybe that was part of the purpose to open that discussion. Mm. That's complete opposite of what I said earlier. Um, yeah. But, you know, possibly. I'm going to see if the um, uh, uh, comments are taken. Comments <laughs> you never know you never oh. know yeah i think that's a, that's a good point yeah if it was on amazon prime or something like that then you wouldn't you would have to go somewhere else to have the discussion for sure yeah. um and i don't know if this was an official um version of it but um i i um i spoke to my mum before i was going to watch it and she she's a fan of the podcast she listens to each episode and she, hi mum said I'll, I'll give this a watch and um, 30 minutes later, she messaged me and was like, oh, that was great. I enjoyed that. What? She watched a half an hour version. Now, I haven't actually checked, so I'm going to quickly do that now and see if there's an actual stripped down version that they've... Oh, we should have invited your mum to uh, replace Damien. <laughs> Special guest, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go through some of the comments on here. It's quite interesting. Um, it's easier to fool the masses than to convince them that they are being fooled. Um, so people, just lots of uh, comments. Maybe it's time to think about nuclear power for the short term and fusion power for the long term. Um, so um, the, the Knowledge Exchange, which is a, um, a, a YouTube channel have a, a 30 minute condensed version of the film. This is now this is what my mum has watched. I don't know if there's any official affiliation with it. Oh, I feel like that's what we all should have watched. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it feels like it feels like, and I don't rightly or wrongly because I, I don't I don't kind of like this as a as, a, as an answer or is kind of a meaning is that when people are sort of putting things forward and they say ah well i made you think because uh, i don't know you can get away with saying all sorts of things you can get away with being a holocaust denier by saying ah but i made you think I'm right like, yeah no, but I agree. Shouldn't, shouldn't be saying that <laughs> um and i kind of think that would maybe be the argument for that would be sort of like the i'm not going to engage with the critiques that you've put across about my journalism because i made you think Right, um, and which, like we said, is is a shame because it does undercut it. Um, yeah. Any more gems from the comments there? Well, no, I've, I've, yeah, I stopped going through them because there was a, quite a few conspiracy theories and and. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, don't we look like a bunch of suckers? Um, <laughs> um, should, we, should we move on to the recommend whether we're going to recommend this, guys? Just ever so quickly, yeah. Do just just a very very short thing. Okay. On, yeah. On YouTube, it says um, it's the kind of the title of the video is Michael Moore presents Planet of the Humans. Mm -hmm. Now that is, I think, an incredibly misleading title for this. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. I think that 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 yeah. is not a smart way to um, position this film for the audience. Yeah, because the expectations of what um, and what you is being and what's being delivered to you are totally different there. Definitely. Yeah, I, I remember yeah. buying. Um, is it Hero? 
uh, Jet Li film. Mm -hmm. I think I yeah. that on DVD. God knows how long ago that was up. And on the front cover, at the top, um, Quentin Tarantino presents. Um, and he wasn't even a producer of this. It was just a mm. film he liked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking there's, def there's definitely some examples. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've seen, I think it's like Peter Jackson presents Mortal Engines, I think it was. Um, and yeah, nothing, had nothing to do with it. Just was like, looks good. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I, yeah, definitely agree with you, Andy. It is, that is, um, that is a kind of a, a, a fairly underhand, it's, it's kind of, it's clickbait, um, essentially, well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Although from yeah. the, from the style of some of the, 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 the camera work and some of the, some of the editing, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Michael Moore had a bigger part directing um, in this film and and probably handed it over to to Gibbs. Um, mm. as, as their That's the point. This one thing I haven't done is go and have a look at what Michael Moore is saying about it because I'm sure he's got a podcast and there was an episode where Jeff Gibbs was on there. So it would be interesting to maybe see what his rebuttal his rebuttal to the rebuttal is um, mm. and his defence um, of of uh, of the documentary. Excellent. Right, let's wrap this up. Who's going first? You've got to go last, Andy, because I'm it's last. your your recommendation. Um, I'm happy to step into the breach. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a not recommending, um, just purely because I think it's not that well put together. Um, I think it, as you, as I think Andy's mentioned, it is it's very it's quite long. Um, I think you could probably have more. You could probably have more if you were interested in the subject. You could probably do more by searching the title of the film and going and looking at news articles and blog posts that have been responses or coverage or looking at re looking at reviews. You'd probably find more interesting and useful information about this. Than, than actually um, uh, watching it. I think it, it does provoke discussion, um, but, but only if you're willing to go the extra mile and do your own bit of research. So I'm going to say it's not going to be a recommendation from me. Thank you. Um, I, I'm going to follow that with, oh, and not recommend. Um, um, there, there, are, there are plenty of other documentaries to to sink your teeth into um, if, you, if you're interested in environmental issues. Um, top of my head, um, movie called Rubbish, which, which talks um, more on the consumption side. Um, but there are other uh, documentaries about um, green energy and its potential flaws that, that do it in a far more convincing way. Um, if it does pique your interest, might be worth checking out the 30 minute version um i imagine that that will probably be quite a good view but condensing it down but but no don't waste a, a free evening on this uh i am exactly the same i'm not going to recommend this purely because uh if you do have that one evening per week where you are going to watch something i don't think this should be it if you've got more than one free evening in a week and you're really stuck with something to watch give it a whirl and just see if we're right and see what you think about it and let that open that discussion but if this is the one thing you're going to watch this week find something else um 
I could recommend It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia or the American <laughs> Office. Or, I could come up with anything. If you've got one thing you're going to watch this week, don't let this be it. Is that okay. the first film we've we've all agreed on? I know Damien's not here. Oh, we agreed on our last one, didn't we? We agreed on 21 Bridges for very yes, different reasons. Yes, we did. But, um, yes. yeah. So we, two, in, two in a row there. Um, work, right. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for listening to Parents on Pictures podcast, where we have just reviewed um, Planet of the Humans by Jeff Gibbs, um, <laughs> touted by Michael Moore. Um, if you want to get hold of us, we are on um, Facebook, we are on Instagram. Get on there, give us a shout out, let us know what you're enjoying, what you're not enjoying. We love the feedback. Um, you can listen to us on all major podcast platforms, including Anchor, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts. I'm sure there's others as well, but without Damien here, I'm a bit useless. Uh, gents, any, anything you want to say before we disappear? Nothing from me. Nothing to add from me. All good. Very uneventful week here as well. So we'll say our goodbyes and thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye, mate. See you, mate. Thank you.